0: Hi, I'm Ken. And I'm Dee. And this is Antiques Freaks. Time to antique. And freak. This week, we just finished watching the first episode of the old British TV series Lovejoy. <laughs> and it was, it was the 80s. <laughs> it sure was. So Lovejoy is an old British TV series based on a series of books written in the 70s that we're deeply sexist, which is why we're watching the TV show and not reading the series.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, you had mentioned that. I I take it the series does, at least from this one episode, seem better about that. A
0: little. I mean, it's still very much watch Ian McShane fuck all these girls, but he's not slapping anybody, which is great. So yes, it is a series about an unscrupulous antiques dealer and the wacky shenanigans he gets up to.
1: His shenanigans and unscrupulousness actually seems more related to just how he wants to live his life than his antiques. His antiques is like surprisingly above board, but but then it's
0: just his behavior in general is extremely bad. So, deep, as an unscrupulous antique dealer... Oh, hi. How do you... Hi. Why? I never. How did
1: you feel about the representation of your industry in Lovejoy? Very accurate, actually. I think everyone's known a Lovejoy. Sort of. Minus do the... Do tell. What... Pray tell. What is a Lovejoy? Just, like, the guy who doesn't bother vetting where he's getting stuff if it's good enough because it's exciting. This cuts off at about the time he starts stealing boats and setting human beings
0: on fire, That was very cool to see on TV, yes. (laughs) Yes. Especially Um, in, like, British TV 1980s budget special effects. Very cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All practical effects mine, but, like, you could... It looked good. You could tell they only had one shot. They could have cut it better, (laughs) yes.
1: (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, just in that, like, there's just the guy, he doesn't get your ID when he's buying a certain amount of items off of you or a suspicious-looking item off of you. Not especially concerned with community efforts to locate and repatriate stolen items. Um, Not afraid to use intimidation or hassling to get stuff he wants. They're out there. Most people know and probably work pretty closely with one of them because a lack of scruples can be useful. (laughs) I am wondering if like further down the line in Lovejoy, we're going to get him like essentially robbing old people, you know, doing doing some elderly like basement cleanout fraud. (laughs) Oh dear. Oh no. I mean, he set men on fire. That's not really beneath
0: him or anything. Yes, but they were criminal thieves who were stealing the silver he wanted to steal. He just doesn't seem like he would be extremely concerned with giving old people a fair price. So in the first episode of Lovejoy, he attends a British antiques auction, which threw D for quite a loop. <laughs> they were so quiet and slow. <laughs> Are British antique auctions really that quiet and slow? Write in, podcast at gmail.com, because we were puzzled.
1: You've got to let me know. Yeah, do they usually talk that quietly and slowly? Because an auction is
0: usually an exciting thing. Were you not on the edge of your seat for Lovejoy, D?
1: Yes, especially the part with Drummer. Aw, Drummer. Not for the auction so much.
0: (laughs) Yeah, shock of shocks. Our favorite character was the ambiguously gay fisherman (laughs) who carved coal for fun. Yeah. (laughs) Don't get too excited, he died. Spoilers. Oh, are we not doing that here? I mean, it did come out in the 80s, so. If you didn't watch it then, too bad. (laughs) The episode starts in an auction where Lovejoy picks up a 18th century bamboo cricket cage. Well, no, he doesn't originally. He really wants to, but the police come and nick him just as he's about to win the auction. And it wasn't very interesting to watch because the auction up till then had been very slow. But yes, so this cricket cage, D also took umbrage with. Well, you know. Why would that be, Ken? Why would I have an issue with it? Well, for one, they kept calling it a firefly cage. And for two, it was very clearly metal or plastic. <laughs> I think
1: after they dismantled it, I think very clearly plastic. <laughs> that they had painted black and
0: that's when they got in the, Oh, it's been lacquered, which is convenient. The shape of this firefly cage turns out to be a vital clue to where all the silver in the county is going.
1: Yeah, it, exciting. <laughs> because someone besides Lovejoy is stealing antiques. And he can't have that. He's the only one who's going to steal antiques, goddammit. I can't get over how boring that auction scene was. Auctions are like the one chance that we have to prove that antiques aren't the most boring thing in the world to people. The one chance. It Really, like it's if you want to show an outsider antiques and you need to immediately make it like uh, Fast and the Furious is going to keep coming up, I guess. Like auctions are the first thing you show them because they're usually very energetic and competitive. And this one was so 150. Do I have bid 150? Oh, 150. Do I have bid 175 perhaps? Like in that exact cadence and time. Which makes it being interrupted by the cops more of a like, okay, well, I guess the plot is moving then. I'll, oh, damn. They just interrupted this auction. He can't get the item. It took me a good five minutes to realize that that had been a part of the plot at all. Because I was just like too busy just kind of sitting with what was happening. And I was really, all right. The whole time I was thinking very hard about why in the opening sequence, he had a crystal vase on a side table. Just in the
0: middle of the street. In the middle of the street in front of his house. <laughs> I guess he was just spending time with it. And then a herd of cows comes by and shatters the vase, comically. But it does raise the question of why the vase was out there in the first place. I I actually did kind of think that it was going to
1: explain it, where he would the landlord, Charlie, would come up and he would be like, how could you let cows in here? You know I had my daily contemplation of the vase, like,
0: or something. So Lovejoy takes on a boy apprentice, (laughs) who is very clearly a 40-year-old man that they've just... Slapped a Sony Walkman on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just a 40-year-old man who likes 80s metal. (laughs) This young lad fresh out of high school. (laughs) (laughs) Implied to have dropped out of polytech, which includes gynecology somehow? I'm assuming it's different in in the UK. I think it might just be
0: a joke about how he likes pussy.
1: Oh! Huh. (laughs) I've been watching too much American media. I guess the subtlety's lost on me.
0: But one of the first tasks this boy apprentice is set to doing is putting in a fake advertisement in the newspaper for a 17th century Bible box because Lovejoy has a 19th century Bible box that he is going to make up to look like a 17th century Bible box and then try to sell to dealers who will want it because they have seen an advert asking for one. So they will think it is a hot ticket item. Arduous, no? Like, exceptionally especially the
1: reveal at the end that it didn't work or that like it worked in a very roundabout way that was impossible for him to have planned for. Just the got at the end was like, well, he went through all of this effort to create a false demand for an item that he had then faked and then nobody was interested. I assume because that entire plan is actually fairly insane.
0: What I am struggling with is making the 19th century Bible box, which by the way, Just looks like a bland trapezoid of wood. Like the top of a writing desk, I believe you said. The top of a very cheap writing desk that you give to the son you don't like very much and you think won't amount to anything.
1: Yeah, like a penny shop, (laughs)
0: like lap desk kind of thing. Again, cannot overemphasize how completely plain this is. And not in a deliberately designed way like shaker furniture, but like... In a, we didn't think this was worth decorating way. It occurs to me that that might
1: be why they kept just like spitting the word 17th century out was because that stuff is generally reasonably plain and they could get away without, without like actually having a a convincing
0: prop. But it was supposed to be 19th century originally.
1: Yes, which is impossible to believe
0: because this looked like, oh, I don't know, someone on your props team put it together in half an hour. My point being that, To make this 19th century Bible box into a 17th century Bible box, what they did was varnish it like two shades darker, maybe, and that's it. Which doesn't make any sense because that would have made it look
1: more like a 19th century box. But sure, fine, why not? I will say I have never in my life seen anyone bend over backwards to create false demand. If anyone else has seen that, that would be amazing. I would love to have that documented. Well, it's a crime, so... A little gentle social manipulation isn't quite a crime.
0: It's definitely not something you'd brag about at parties.
1: It absolutely isn't that, no. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think might be why you've never heard of it. I know some pretty shady characters who have done some pretty, like, questionable things. And most of it has to do with taking advantage of the elderly and the bereaved. Mm -hmm. Um, very little of it has to do with like hacker style social engineering. (laughs) Like I said, I'm sure it does happen. I'd be really excited to hear about it, but it seems like way more work than just, sorry. So yeah, he he does this whole thing. And then later he says that he wanted the Firefly box, cricket box, because he could sell it in London for a good amount of money. Which does open up, like, why aren't you just taking your stuff and selling it in London if you have a solid market out there? Which would be more reasonable, I think, for literally anyone. It's like, obviously he has the means and will to go to London to sell things at a high price. So he doesn't have to be hanging around his podunk town tricking people into buying his garbage. So that was weird. I guess a lot of the plot lines in this could be described as roundabout. We also don't ever hear the final
0: valuation of the Jade, which pisses me off. Ah, yes. The jade. Because yet another subplot involves a man who very much wants Lovejoy to give an appraisal on some jade he has. The man he's hate-fucking. He's not okay. I feel like we need to stop approaching fiction with the assumption that all characters are gay until stated otherwise and then sometimes even after that.
1: You can't give me crooked antiques dealer and then be like, and he's straight. Like, no. It can only bend so much of my disbelief and it doesn't go that far.
0: (laughs) Straight people exist in antiques and many of them listen to this podcast.
1: I am aware of that and I am not meaning, (laughs) I have straight friends. I'm not meaning to discriminate. I'm just saying it's not out of pocket for me to be like,
0: we don't see him sleep with any women. He just implies it. He just makes out with like a lot of them. And says, by the way, I saw your sister's butterfly tattoo on her ass because we're fucking goodbye. That's an and
1: implication. And who hasn't just sort of made out with people of all kinds at all times in various situations? doesn't mean anything. I apologize if you're one of those people. That you specifically made out with? Not anyone in specific, just in general. Just,
0: just the general people <laughs> you've made out with and for whom it meant nothing.
1: Oh, <laughs> well. Well, if we don't still see each other, it obviously didn't mean love to you, did it? (laughs) Yeah, the mystery was clunky
0: and it had less to do with antiques than I wanted. It was entirely centered around antiques. It was entirely centered around antiques being stolen and then other antiques being used as clues to find those stolen antiques. I guess the way that they were used was clunky and not a fun thing. They ascribe too much power
1: to the main character, right? Uh It's not like he recognizes a marking and draws a link between it and the military base that ended up being involved. It's that the cage is shaped like the silhouette of the military base. And he just happens to have like this supernatural power of like pattern overlay where he can just look at the shape that he drew on his wall for some fucking reason. And then he's like, oh, so like maybe if it had had a marking perhaps a French marking, and you'd be like, that's out of place on a cricket box. And then he made that connection, and I would have been like, fun! He's using his skills as an antiques dealer. But as far as I can tell, he just uses his skills of, like, shape recognition. <laughs> and then basic, basic social clues, where he asks drummer about the coal carving, and he finds the guy who did the coal carving was probably the guy who was stealing antiques, he puts it together, and so It was obtuse. <laughs> you know, the, the great thing about mystery is that you're always supposed to let the viewer in on it, I just don't find a lot of fun or even like feeling like, ah, he's seen something. I haven't At the idea that the general outline of the cage was what was important.
0: I think you might have had a better sense of solving the mystery along with the character, perhaps even ahead of the character. If you were maybe paying a little more attention to what was happening on screen and a little less attention to the conversation. (laughs) you were simultaneously having about local tourism.
1: Sure, fine, but you can't tell me that, like... You can't tell me that, like, oh, the outline of this piece is, like,
0: a fun and compelling... Like, it's, it's like, dumb and weird. It's a large, easy visual marker that will get across the idea to an audience who is taking in this media primarily visually.
1: I just don't like it. I get it, but it's, I don't like
0: it. No, it's not good. You're right. Yeah, I but.
1: just... it, it needs... But they it seems to be lacking very much in like spice no <laughs> it's just no it was pretty clear that this was this was built entirely around the fact that they wanted to film the Napoleonic era gun. Big Napoleonic structure out in the sea. It was a big, cool structure that I admit if I were making a film or show, I would be like, that would be fucking cool to film. Like a cool boat chase around that? Hell yeah. And I guarantee it started there and not at the mystery. I mean, it is based on the books we haven't read. So perhaps it comes from the books? That's a good chance. I wonder if anyone out there has read the books, please tell us about them.
0: Are they worth reading? Are they gross? I mean, he does a lot of women slapping, so I'm going to go ahead and call them gross. I guess that's a fair guess, yeah. I don't know. I, uh, overall, I liked it.
1: I'm not discounting it based on, like, well, that was a tepid mystery. Strangely plotted. Um, <laughs> Alright, do you feel like at times it forgets to, like, put a clip in certain things that it has made important? Because there's that anime woman who is absolutely involved in the mystery, who is no longer in the show after he figures it out. They like invent different flunkies to represent that family. Well, yeah, because they're too posh to do their own work. You know, it's a, it's a cheesy 80s. I figured that they would have like a point where, you know, she shows up after he gets arrested and was just like, shouldn't be sticking your nose where it doesn't belong. Or the kind of wrap up that they like to do just to like, oh yeah, that's right. They're masterminding, they're scheming. Those people
0: weren't masterminding though. No, but their, their, their relative was, right? And, yes, and and they
1: knew about it.
0: Their deceased be... relative was they didn't know about it.
1: I got the impression that they knew about it because they're being fucking weird and cagey. I think they're just British and then tried to burn the evidence. I think that's just how British people be do. <laughs> it was what all right, I guess the mother was also surprised when she burned <laughs> burnt the cage. So there, that's, that is a
0: point in your favor. yeah. there is a point where the daughter just chucks the cricket cage into a bonfire and then Ian McShane, who plays Lovejoy by the way, spoilers uh has to dive into the fire to pull it back out which is hilarious because this object is simultaneously described as being made of bamboo and being carved from coal and are you saying to yourself both of these things are extremely flammable you're right they are (laughs) correct (laughs) uh the cage is completely unchanged by being in fire which might also suggest that it is perhaps plastic (laughs)
1: Okay, but all right, the fact that she burns it is pretty incomprehensible if it's not
0: deliberately to erase a trail in a mystery, right? I got the impression that she was just a disappointed, spoiled brat, and this object wasn't what she wanted, so she just wanted to huck it. I guess. I guess what
1: I'm saying is that that could have been clearer. (laughs) Like, you know, and and like, that's what I kind of like, I'm talking about like the the wrap-up, where is she shocked that her father was a fucking weird smuggler? Is she weirdly proud? She's scandalized now that everyone knows. Like, and nobody even talked about that part. They talked very much about the fate of the artifacts and nothing about the extremely questionable way that they came to be hidden and stolen. Like nobody addressed that. Nobody's like, can't believe old man Wittershins was was uh, making his fortune that
0: way. Like they don't. It's like they all kind of forget. I think it might be the British tradition of. Oh, something scandalous happened to the gentry. We'll never speak of this again. (laughs) Much like the uh, senile knight setting a trap that kills a butler in (laughs) Karnaki, And our hero saying, well, now that we've solved the mystery, we can hush it up. (laughs) That
1: will make it much simpler to pretend it hasn't happened. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, I don't know, that might be interesting if it's like a cultural approach to the idea of comeuppance. It's like obviously in American media, everyone makes a big spectacle of that, right? Mm -hmm. Like that would be the focus. Maybe their habits are less calling attention to these strangenesses, depending on who did it.
0: They had a literal boat explosion. You're telling me that there wasn't enough spectacle for you? They didn't seem particularly concerned about that either. You 4th of July motherfucker. A little 4th of July, yeah. It's just their treatment of the fact that he had set men
1: on fire and destroyed a whole boat in the middle of the estuary. Their demeanor was very like, his love joy is always a pain in our side. Like, he could have killed them. (laughs) they could have died and then they and then there's a bail that is apparently extremely approachable for a rich woman
0: well yes that is the problem with bailty is that it's very approachable almost negligible for rich people
1: i don't think she would have paid it if it had been like 10,000 eh. pounds i think i think there's like an upper limit that she'd have been willing So I'm forced to assume that it wasn't as much as I would give him if you asked me off the cuff what he should get for bail after attempted murder. Double attempted homicide? Yeah, Yeah, double attempted homicide that he copped to immediately. (laughs) So that that was just, the vibe was a little weird. I do say I love Lady Felsham.
0: Uh I
1: like the idea that she's going to be like a stable part of the series. She's a very cool character, very fun. Get the feeling he slaps her in the books. (laughs) So, Lovejoy, final thoughts? Worth it. Fun. had way more to do with antiques than most of the books we've read on the subject. Just an 80s romp. What about you? What do you think? Certainly one of the shows I've seen in years. (laughs) Sounds like you
0: liked it less than I did. I mean, I liked it well enough. I'm excited to watch more of it. Sure. Hell yeah. Do you want us to watch more Lovejoy? Write in. Podcast at gmail.com.
1: Do you think I'm right? And that Lovejoy should be gay for Charlie? Write us a review, wherever you're listening to this podcast, and say, no, and somehow you've rigged it so the stars spell out no instead of a number. And you say, no, no, no. What is wrong with you? Can you not tolerate a single straight person in
0: antiques? Tag us on Tumblr. <laughs> Antiquesfreaks.tumblr.com. Or post in our Facebook group, Antiques Freaks Friends, which incidentally is how we found out the show existed. Yeah, it's a good way to get stuff to our attention. We also have an Etsy shop at etsy.com shop antiques antiquesfreaks where we have a wide variety of vintage goods and t-shirts and stickers with the podcast logo on them. And if you want to relish in your own ill-gotten gains,
1: consider getting them from me. I won't tell. The cops. None of the items on my Etsy
0: are stolen. <laughs> that was for fun. That was acting. That was acting. We also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash antiquesfreaks where we are chapter by chapter going through the Victorian Penny dreadful Varney the Vampire or the Feast of Blood. We are at a point in the novel where we have an unruly mob digging up graves searching for vampires. So that's a hoot and a half. Join us, won't you? Thank you. Special shout out to our patrons for paying our hosting fees and filling our hearts with love. So much love. And thank you in particular for listening. That's right. You. Or for Goodbye.